North Idaho News of the Week is brought to you in part by Evergreen Realty, commercial and residential property listings. Online at evergreen-realty.com. Good morning. You've tuned in to North Idaho News of the Week. You're listening to 88.5 KRFY. I am Jack Peterson. Uh, Chris Bessler is here. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Jack. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. And perhaps, our, perhaps a bit chilly. Yeah, I was going to say our guest this morning is Old Man Winter, making his long overdue uh, return to our area. Yeah, and he's speaking very loudly. Yeah. Um, we were talking just before going on the air, looking for some kind of history of, uh, how, how cold are these temperatures that we have, uh, in the year 2023, the low, hold on. I think the low was only uh, one degree above Fahrenheit. So we have broken that, uh, that record here on January 12th, uh, the overnight low that Looks like it got down to negative eight degrees last night. Uh, currently, it's negative five degrees. Um, and, and, and I should say that I'm sure there are areas of the county that were actually colder than minus eight because there are little yeah. pockets. So mm-hmm. uh, some folks will probably say, hey, I was down in the double digits. Yeah. <laughs> minus double digits. The lowest temperature recorded in 2022 on December 22nd of 2022. So last winter, we did get down to negative nine uh once it looks like we may break that record and then before that you have to go back it never got that cold in uh in 21 or 19 you have to go back to 2018 to see another uh another temperature in that range so Mm -hmm. it's been a while since we had this kind of uh this kind of cold snap um and it is worth mentioning here right at the top of the show that uh the lake pondere school district is on a two-hour late start today, so mm-hmm. uh, schools are not going to open until two. It, at the earliest, they'll open two hours after their normally scheduled times, and that is uh, subject to change based on conditions. Uh, you can contact the school district for more information as the morning goes on to find out if they uh, do go forward with a late start or uh, whether that that uh, start is postponed further or canceled altogether. And they do keep that information updated on their homepage, which is mm-hmm. lposd.org. So you could uh, check that on your computer or your smartphone. Um, so it's pretty cold today, Jack. And yeah. what's in store for us, according to the <laughs> National Weather Service? I was going to say, we should do. We usually don't do the weather on Friday, but I think it's worth mentioning today. I think It's, it's kind of newsworthy. I yeah. think so, yeah. Uh, today... Well, patchy blowing snow before 10 a.m., sunny and cold. The high today, one degree above zero, um, 31 degrees below freezing. The wind chill values today as low as negative 28. The north wind is about 9 to 15 miles an hour, gusts as high as 23. Uh, mostly clear tonight. The overnight low is 
negative 12 degrees. Wind chill values again as low as negative 28. The north wind will continue to blow. And on Saturday, the high is forecast to be only uh, negative 2 Fahrenheit. Uh, so cold weather continues. And uh, that north wind is going to just keep keep whipping us uh, 8 to 10 miles an hour on Saturday. The overnight low on Saturday night, negative 11 Wind chill values even lower to negative 30. Uh, the northeast wind continues. Sunny and cold on Sunday, but warming up relatively. Uh, it looks like the the cold front forecast to begin passing and the high get up to 8 degrees on Sunday. Uh, 11 degrees and mostly sunny on Martin Luther King Day. That's Monday next. And continuing to to climb a little bit every day uh, until Wednesday and the high on Thursday all the way back up to 27. At least that's the forecast right now. So the the big cold is coming this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and then or actually today and tomorrow, and then yeah. uh, and then warming up. Yeah, it's slowly. So next the week. wind is what uh, makes it particularly hazardous. If you have to be outside, you should really definitely yeah. cover up, not leave a lot of exposed skin. Don't put your kids outside right now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's and not... your pets, too. You're, uh, you make sure that everybody has uh, got a safe, warm place to be. It is, yeah, it's not, it's not time for uh, outdoor recreation, although it looks like Schweitzer is open. Oh, yeah, uh, Schweitzer's open. I'm sure yeah. this is Martin Luther King weekend. Yeah. <laughs> well, poor Schweitzer's having such a year. You know, at first mm-hmm. the snow was very slow to come. Now that we got a good dump of snow, the temperatures are so cold that it's going to be a deterrence to some. But um, yeah. uh, Tom Chassie, the the uh, the CEO at Schweitzer, spoke to the chamber yesterday, and uh, they will be open this weekend. Uh, and a lot of exciting things going on at the hmm. chamber, as he reported, uh, with some of the expansion plans that they have going. They have the new chairlift happening now, um, and they're going to next year be enlarging a lower parking lot to hmm. access that chairlift. There's going to be some new runs that come down to it. There's going to be a, a lodge uh, at the bottom where the new chairlift begins. Um, so, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah Schweitzer's on a, on a real... Um, path to keep building on the amenities they have there huh um we have here let's do the let's do the headlines here uh if you have been reading the newspaper either of our local newspapers you know that uh the county commission uh stays at the forefront of the uh of the news and makes the uh makes the front page more often than not but not uh the the January 9th commissioners meeting was perhaps even more dramatic or unusual than than most of their meetings uh, it came to a standstill with five recesses called over the course of this of the day of, of yeah, the, yeah of the, over the course of what should be a normal business meeting during one of those an impromptu community workshop sort of broke out after uh, commissioner Amit and uh, Bradshaw left the room. Uh, Asia Williams proceeded to field public comment. Um, there's more to say about that, but I'll con- continue on. Uh, the Idaho legislature has met, uh, began meeting on January 8th, and uh, will continue its, or the bills are already uh, making progress in the legislature and being proposed right now. Uh, the Lake Pondere School District met on January 9th 
their first meeting of the year. Uh, they considered, among other things, a first reading of revisions to special education policy. And our one interesting item I saw was that they're going to consider adding a policy concerning the use of therapy dogs across the district. Uh, Governor Brad Little gave his State of the State address on January 7th, uh, kind of kicking off the legislative session. And uh, 48 geese were harvested during goose hunts at City Beach during November. We got the tally. Uh, it looks like 48 get harvested is the, the term that uh, the Sandpoint officials used. I, they were hunted. They were killed. Right? They were, they <laughs> yeah. were shot. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah. Harvested is typically the word there, but um, yeah, yeah. So that was for the month of November. We don't have what may have. Actually, I'm not sure if they were hunting in December. Um, Me neither. Yeah, no. But either way, beats the uh, last year was the first year of the goose hunt, and I think they only killed one goose during that uh, that first year uh, during November. Forty eight was the number, which is it seems like a actually pretty high number for city beach i don't know how many geese tend to stay there but actually the the story in the b said that they mm -hmm. estimate the the population there in the summers uh, 250 to 300 birds that come and use the beach okay so uh, it but the, the thing is as some birds are removed more come back in yeah uh, so it's a it remains to be seen how much this actually helps with that this problem that is essentially a summer problem there right yeah i guess th this seems like the first year uh, they they officially started it last year but as i said only only killed one bird uh <laughs> well so, they, yeah they didn't get the hunt started until like uh, yeah january february so th yeah. this is the first year that i think they're trying it in earnest and yeah we'll see come summertime what the results are of that um did we have uh did we have more news worth worth mentioning in uh well uh, and I don't know if there's really that much more to say about the uh, conflict at the commissioner's meeting. Yeah. As you mentioned, uh, they went into a, n a number of different recesses. Uh, Asia Williams came forward with eight items she wanted to get on the uh, agenda. And I think five of them were not placed on the agenda outright because the other commissioners didn't agree to put them on there. Um, and then they they argued about the other... <laughs> The other mm -hmm. items that she had brought up to to uh, discuss, uh, they took a number of recesses, and uh, I'm not quite sure what the ultimate um, situation is going to become there where they start becoming more productive. But I will say that uh, Luke Amit in this week's uh, Sandpoint Reader had a column, and it might be coming out in the B as well, where he comments on the highlights from the past year and of course, he acknowledges there's been a lot of conflict on the mm -hmm. on the um, county commission, but he did rattle off a number of accomplishments from the for the county. One of them being that uh, the EMS EMS station uh, construction project uh, is on target to be completed in 2024. It's going to modernize uh, emergency management services, veteran services, and coroner's facilities. Um, the Bonner County Road and Bridge Department has received approximately $25 million in grants uh, with zero county match to that. that it's going to fund the replacement of six bridges, and there's a seventh bridge hmm. that uh, could be um, that they're submitting a grant for to, to upgrade 
uh, in Priest River, the Merritt Brothers Bridge that goes across right at Priest River there. Um, Bonner County had, has updated and adopted 13 of 16 required components of its comprehensive plan with, as he says, there were multiple opportunities for public input on that, and they expect to complete that update to the comprehensive plan in spring of this year. Um, so he rattled off actually 10 accomplishments. He, folks mm-hmm. can go to the Sandpoint Reader and take a look at that. Uh, so even though the conflict at the county has been getting on the headlines, uh, county government has mm-hmm. been continuing to provide services. So Business continues. Uh, Business continues. Yeah. But there was an interesting story in the B on Tuesday that the county has been threatened with a new lawsuit. Um, a local resident claims that Commissioner Luke Amit has caused her physical and emotional harm by uh, looking at her while he was talking during the uh, county commission meeting, mm-hmm. uh, saying um, he looked at her when he said lies would not be tolerated during a meeting, and even though he didn't mention her name, mm-hmm. uh, she uh, feels like it was in clear that his intent was that he was talking about her. Uh, Diane Well sent an email to the county prosecutor demanding that Amit publicly apologize for looking at her during the meeting uh, while he reiterated the rules of public comment for the meeting. She um, She's threatening a lawsuit if uh, she doesn't get uh, an apology from the commissioners and from Amit himself and um, I think she said that she's going to give him 20 days to do that. And mm-hmm. if not, she's going to pursue a legal recourse. So, <laughs> so my goodness, uh, more, yeah. uh, more, uh, yeah, more, yeah, more drama. Yeah. Uh, the meeting, the meeting that they had the most recent meeting that they had was, I, I mentioned that it was even more unusual than some of their other, uh, meetings in that, um, Commissioner Williams seems to have brought her own microphone. It, w- it wasn't clear to me whether that was her own microphone or whether she was somehow. She brought a set. Uh, yeah. She produced a second microphone, I guess, because one of her microphones can the microphone they use can get turned off by maybe the chair, which yeah. was Luke Amit. Uh, yeah, it wasn't really spelled out real clearly in, in the reporting I saw either that it was if that was her own personal microphone or she just got another microphone from the right <laughs> the stash they may have, but. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little different too. right yeah so yeah. she produced a second microphone so that her to in order to continue speaking after uh you know during the uh period when commissioner Ahmed had had begun moving on to the next agenda item um she brought up i most of the items that i saw that she had uh, attempted to place on the agenda were items that had been already talked about before and either brought up and discussed before or not brought up for discussion before. Um, so she continues to kind of struggle to get her um, to, to get her agenda items discussed. Yeah. And, uh, and several of them have to do with allowing public comment right. a, a little more freely and up towards the start of the meeting they recently moved it to the end of the meeting mm-hmm. which means that anybody that wants to come and make a comment in the public would have to wait through the whole meeting to make their comment so um so she's she's fighting to have public comment incorporated more and of course i think the other commissioners feel like the public comment 
period goes on and on, and it's it's interfering with their ability to get the nuts and bolts business done. Yeah. So, um, then she yeah pros and cons to that argument. <clears throat> yes. Uh, she also mentioned. I mean, they they had removed the commissioner's report from the agenda. Um, Amit and Bradshaw moved and voted to remove that section from the agenda. Um, and she seems to just have said that she she will continue to give her commissioner's report, whether or not it's agendized as such. She'll put it on the agenda under a different name uh, if she has to. So uh, kind of continuing, uh, yeah, I guess continuing to struggle along those same not exactly partisan lines, but along those same lines of division that they've been uh, struggling with for uh, really for all of 2023 as well. So Mm -hmm. the 2024 looks to be shaping up uh, no different, at least so far. Well, let's talk about um, what happened down in Boise Mm -hmm. this week because the legislature convened on Monday and uh, the Governor gave his uh, state of the state speech, and he called for a ten-year project to replace aging school buildings in the state. Uh, it's a ten-year, uh, two billion-dollar plan to uh, to address Idaho's aging and crumbling public school buildings. Uh, so it's a pretty ambitious uh, plan to inject a lot of money. And of course, it in our uh, school districts up here, we have some pretty aged and crumbling buildings that the that do need to be either uh, renovated or replaced. So it's unclear how that money is going to um, be distributed around the state, you know, and how much it might help us right here in our part of the state. But um, some of that money would be coming up here, and it would help. It, it's I don't think the governor or any of the legislators think that $2 billion is going to um, fix all the buildings over a 10-year period. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, um, the House Minority Leader Ilana Rubel, who's a Democrat in, in Boise, uh, said the funding sorely needed, but the $2 billion, as she points out, you know, 10 years from now we're probably going to need $6 billion to to fix our schools because they keep aging over yeah. that, that decade. Um, so it, it's basically, you know, it's something that has to be dealt with on a, on an annual basis, but this is certainly uh, some news that was uh, welcomed by, I think by a lot of, of our, uh, it, uh, it was welcomed for one by, um, by the superintendent of public instruction, Debbie Critchfield. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she said she's really excited about what, what it means if the if the state actually does allocate that. Of course, this is a proposal by uh, Governor Little, and uh, it has to get the legislature is the one that approves the budget. So uh, I think we'll probably read a lot more and hear a lot more about the plan as the uh, legislative session goes forward. Yeah, uh, it did. Some of the comment I read on that speech m- mentioned that it did. It it seemed to get. That proposal seemed to get actually overwhelming uh, applause. At least, I mean, it, it seemed it seemed like that was a popular uh, notion that uh, the governor mentioned in his speech. Uh, in part because the, the as he pointed out, that two billion dollars that the state would be contributing 
is uh, sorely needed by the public schools, but also that would be, to some extent, $2 billion of property tax relief because that is money that ordinarily the schools are funded by local property taxes. Right. Um, and that is, so he sees that, as, er, he, he proposed it as a form of tax relief as well as uh, public spending. Tax relief for property for tax, property owners. Yeah. Property owners, yes. Uh, and um, we, the state has been running some large surpluses the last mm-hmm. several years. Uh, the amount of the surplus this year is projected to be quite a bit smaller. However, we some of the mm-hmm. money that came from federal sources during the the COVID era, you know, that won't be happening anymore. On the other hand, Idaho is growing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, in fact, we can tell comment on a story about that a little bit. But uh, but before we shift away from uh, Governor Little's state of the state speech, um, there are uh, a couple of things worth mentioning. Um, he did talk about his Idaho launch program, and that should be of interest for uh, parents and students who are intending to um, and to go on to some form of ed- education beyond. Uh, the regular public school because the Idaho launch program is going to provide $8,000 grants for Idaho high school graduates, uh, including homeschool graduates who pursue, pursue workforce training uh, for what is classified as an in-demand career in Idaho. Um, so that could be some very material help for people, for uh, young people to get further their education and, and improve their opportunities, uh, their own personal opportunities. Um, and uh, he's also uh, called for spending an additional $200 million to improve specifically local bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would add to $400 million in funding that legislators approved over the past couple of years. Uh, according to Governor Little, Idaho has 900 bridges that are rated as poor or as he said, predate the 1969 moon landing. Yeah, <laughs> he's using that as kind of an event. To, uh-huh. Hey, if we can land on the moon, can we fix our bridges? Yeah, uh, and we in in this county we have a number of bridges. As I mentioned, uh, the county uh-huh. commissioners have, have mm-hmm. replaced a number of bridges and had some more that need to be replaced because our infrastructure ages over time, and it, and when we have to uh, keep it up. Mm-hmm. Um. He, yeah, uh, the, it, I, it seemed like, yeah, the infrastructure, uh, and the school, uh, schools were the main focus of the speech, at least. I mean, he spent a certain amount of time at the beginning kind of just going over the, you know, what, what he considered the highlights and, and some of the burnishing some of his, uh, conservative credentials, I think, uh, you know, talking about some social issues, but, the as far as the business of the speech, the meat of it, it was focused on that um, uh, infrastructure and uh, yes, and that in, in, including school infrastructure, and then yeah, Idaho launch, which I believe they received something like uh, something approaching like twice as many applications as they expected. I mean, in terms of interest, it's a very successful program, and now the question is. Will they fund it? Will they continue it going forward? Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing, it, he he did mention also um, uh, water, the the water infrastructure. Um, like, what do you call that? Our our aquifers and our uh, 
preserving the uh, the waterways and the drinking water here in Idaho. It's been it. We haven't been in drought conditions, but it could come back. Um, they touted their accomplishments, kind of going after the quagga mussels that they saw in the Snake River. That successful mitigation effort there, um, and kind of. It, it, highlighted made it made it a point to going forward to uh try to keep idaho keep uh local control of our drinking water and our our water resources here as opposed to uh not keeping up with it and letting that become a federal problem so that was his uh that was an interesting state of the state address Mm -hmm. his sixth i believe uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because he's entering his, uh, he's just getting into his second term mm-hmm. now, partway through his second term. Yep. So, uh, another news and other news. Uh, the state was one of the fastest growing in the nation again in mm-hmm. 2023. Looks like we were about the fourth fastest growing um, as a percentage of our growth. We we saw. 25,730 new residents over the past year, and that's uh, a 1.3% growth rate, which is really large, actually. Yeah. <laughs> if you repeated that year after year. Um, so uh, we're, South Carolina and Florida, and I believe Texas were the three um, that ranked ahead of us in, the, in their growth rates. Uh, but... And it's if you thought it's uh, getting more crowded around here, I, th- mm-hmm. I think you're probably you're <laughs> probably uh, accurate in your assumption that we're growing because the numbers bear that out. Yeah, uh, it looks like what Oregon and California's population shrank, as did Louisiana and Illinois, uh, New York a great deal. It looks like anyway. Um, yeah, so that's so. Where people are coming from and where they're yeah going. the the mm-hmm. New York and in California being our two of our most populous states so yeah. I mean that's almost inevitable at some point they can't keep growing it yeah. as much as they have over the years um, but well what else uh, we're, we're coming up on the our thirty minutes here we and, are. Um, I did some man on the street interviews which we should get to oh yes let's, do, let's it, hear this trying trying a new uh, sandpoint sound technique I, okay. I walked down to first avenue and sat out there in the not quite not quite freezing cold but uh or at that time when i made these interviews but we talked a little bit about the winter weather forecast with uh four people just out on first avenue um and i can play that right, right now let's hear it let's that's okay. the sam sam point sound original here we go here's uh this is i think this was what wednesday wednesday afternoon Well, my name is Lane, and I'm from just local Sandpoint. Are you ready for the weather? The forecast says it's going to be like minus two tomorrow. You know, I don't know if I can ever really be ready for that temperature. That's a little bit hard to be ready for. Okay. What's your favorite and least favorite winter activity? You know, I would say something that I do like doing would probably be, you know, there's lots of things to do, sled or... You know, those. Um, and what's your least favorite winter activity? Sometimes be out in it. That'd be one thing.
Allison, and I'm from Sandpoint. Uh, are you ready for winter weather? Yes, I've been ready. What are your general feelings about? Um, about winter weather? Yeah. I'm going to Houston this weekend, so I don't have to deal with the cold. <laughs> but okay. I'm hoping to hit the mountain when I get back on Monday. Okay, what's your favorite uh, winter activity? Um, snowboarding, probably. Okay, what's your least favorite winter activity? Shoveling. Pat and I am from Sandpoint. What what are your thoughts on the forecast for this week and this weekend? Oh, going to be a little bit chilly, that's for sure. Are you ready for it? Uh, If you're ever ready for it, yeah, I guess. Get inside. Uh Uh, Favorite winter activity now that winter's finally here? Cross-country skiing. How about what's your least favorite winter activity? Being cold. What are you going to do this weekend to prepare for the, like, minus 15 overnight? Well, act- you think you do? Yeah, I've got to go actually drive to uh, Butte where it's going to be negative 30 <laughs> to pick up my son from college. Oh, well, that'll be nice. Then we'll come back and warm up this way. Okay, hope the heater works in the car. That's right. Yeah. All right, uh, that's it. All right, you take care. You take too. care. Uh, my name is Max Larios, and I'm from Sandpoint, Idaho. Hi, Max. Uh... What are you doing here? I am spreading salt on the sidewalk for Larson's, my business that I work at. Uh, now, why are you doing that? So, because we're having a couple cold days soon, so the, the ice doesn't start forming on the sidewalk. Uh, what do you think about this? <laughs> what do you think about this cold weather that's coming? Are you excited for it or are you dreading it? Uh, I'm kind of dreading it because all the snow is just going to get all frozen and there's not going to be any good skiing days up at the mountain. Well, that brings me to my next question. What's your favorite winter activity? Skiing. Okay. And what's your least favorite winter activity? Shoveling the snow. So, but the salt should help with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely so. Okay. Uh, and right now you are not even wearing a jacket, young man. Nope. Uh, okay, anything to say about that? I mean, yeah, it's not that cold out here right now. Well, that'll change. Maybe tomorrow you'll wear a jacket. Yeah. Or the next day, definitely. Definitely. Okay. That's it. Uh, thank you very much. You are listening to North Idaho News of the Week. That was uh, that was four, all of them locals. I kind of thought we'd get somebody from out of town, but everybody was uh, everybody was from here. Well, based on your polling, shoveling snow is the least favorite activity. Nobody likes to do it. I actually kind of <laughs> find it peaceful, personally, although not in these uh, not in these temperatures. Well, it depends on if you're in a hurry to get yeah. that snow down. Yeah, that's so. True. Uh, I just wanted to mention before we go, you. Uh, on Wednesday, had two interesting interviews. Uh, we talked to Jennifer Stapleton, who is now the former city administrator of the city of Sandpoint, and it, the two newest members of city council. Um, Pam Duquette and Kyle, uh, Kyle Schreiber. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, Jennifer had uh, interesting um, things to say. She was here eight years. Uh, she was overseeing the city during some periods of growth right through the COVID years. Uh, so yeah, it's worth hearing her take on the, uh, it's about a 25 minute interview. You can see it on our website at krfy.org and go to, to the podcast page or it might be right there on the homepage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have the interviews also with new uh, counselors, Duquette and Schreiber there to hear uh, how they're sizing up their new positions as they come on to the city council. Yeah. Uh, well, Should be good.
Well, it was good, I guess I should say. Um, and thank you for doing that. And yes, you can find that on our website right now, or uh, you can actually subscribe to our podcast if that's something you're interested in through most of the podcast services that you might use as well. If you uh, like don't Spotify, for instance, Spotify, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, I think Google Podcasts, all the ones uh, we're we're out there. Um, I think with that. We, we say goodbye. We do say goodbye. And Jack, is it true you're gone next Friday? I am. I okay. will not be here next Friday. Uh, you'll have to find I'm gonna, somebody I'm going to wrangle in uh, a journalist or two to, to mm-hmm. join me. And, of course, actually, you and I are, you know, telling stories from secondhand, uh, as secondhand sources because yeah. we're, we're telling them from, the, from the, um, the newspapers and the media that we – read mm-hmm. um, but when we get the journalists in here they give us a lot of insights into the stories because they're in the room and the news is being made most typically so yeah um they're they always have valuable insights we really appreciate the work that our journalists here at the uh, bonner county daily b and the sandpoint reader do indeed we do uh yeah it is nice to get them in here uh, when they are available and uh, thank them for for doing that, for contributing in audio form to what they uh, already do as journalists. Uh, Okay, we'll continue now with what? I guess Otto's Eclectic Mix, huh? Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, Stay warm, everybody. Stay safe. uh, Don't be out in that cold for too long. Mm -hmm. All right. Bye Uh, now. See ya.